Okay, as you guys find your seats, I am just going to pray us into service today. So, dear Heavenly Father, um, I pray that tonight you just clear our minds and open our hearts and open our ears, Lord, to listening to what you have for us tonight, that we can just find something out of Cole's message tonight that you have given to him, and we can just um, take that and use it in for your will. Amen. All right. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm glad you're doing good. You enjoying the presence of God? Yes, maybe, no. Why is the room so quiet today? Yeah, I do. I want you to shout. No, not quite like that. Just like when I say, how's everybody doing? I want you to say, good. Yeah, that's how it works. Let's try it one more time. Ready? How's everybody doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm glad you're doing good. We're going to jump into the message here tonight. New series. Are you guys excited for this new series? My trendsetters are on their way out here to set the trend of taking notes and bringing your Bibles to church, right? Because we cannot be changed if we're not willing to open our Bibles. But this new series is called Soul Care, and it's how God fits into our mental health. And I think that, that a big thing that we do oftentimes is try to compartmentalize different parts of life that we go through. And one of those things that I find myself compartmentalizing away from God all the time is how I'm doing mentally. It's crazy because it, when you really think about it, Everything kind of lines up together in the sense that if I'm doing good physically, if I'm doing good emotionally, if I'm feeling good spiritually, then my mental health is pretty solid, right? But if one of those things starts to tank or go in the other direction from good, all of a sudden it goes from I'm, I'm not doing so good physically, maybe you got sick, maybe whatever in the winter, right? I'm not doing so good emotionally, somebody said some hurtful things, I lost a friend that I used to have, whatever that might be. And then all of a sudden, your mental health is just gone because that spiritual element goes away at the same time. A lot, a lot of times, right? We've, we refuse to turn to God when that is just a great resource when we're talking about taking care of our soul and our mental health and all the things in between. The biggest point that I want you guys to take home from the message tonight is that God cares about your mental health. You can call it the, the sermon title, you can call it the big idea, however that works for you. I just want you to write that down if you have a notebook, or a phone, I guess, if you don't have a notebook. If you need a notebook, I'll give you a notebook. God cares about your mental health. You know how much God cares about your mental health? He cared enough about your mental health that he sent Jesus to live out circumstances that we experience in our every day, to die on the cross, to offer freedom and hope when we don't feel like there is any freedom or hope. Too often we go to say like, oh, I'm just not doing so good, but God has got his own things going on. He's over here trying to make sure the moon and the stars are good over on the other side, trying to make sure that the tides come in in the ocean. Maybe he's trying to make sure that the plants grow over there or this new baby breathes new life. He doesn't care about my mental health. But I 
I'm here to tell you tonight that God cares as much about your mental health as he does at whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. He cares so much about how you're doing because it's how you're doing is, is just like who you are. And too often we find our identity in poor and negative mental health when instead if we would just give it to God, if we would be willing to lay that down at his feet too, then we would find a freedom and a hope that is right on the other side of surrender and humility. So not my first point, but another thing I wanted to point out for those of you that are taking notes is that when a spout of depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, whatever it might be that rises up in you, you just have to turn to God first. Before your friends, before your parents, before that person that you just text whenever life starts to go terribly or the social media app that you like to open up to distract yourself, whatever it might be, I don't care, but I just need you to know that the best place for you to go is to God in prayer. You don't have to open your Bible. You don't have to know what to read. You don't have to make it this big complicated thing where you show up at church or anything like that. I just need you to say, God, like, I am struggling with this. Where are you at? I am so frustrated with my best friend who just stabbed me in the back and is now all of a sudden not talking to me anymore. I'm so frustrated with my parent who imposed some circumstances and consequences on an action that I didn't even do. I'm so frustrated with my math test and how poor I did at it even though I studied so long. Right, I, there's so many circumstances that start to affect us and then all of a sudden we just dwell on them and we don't even bring it to God, we just sit and dwell on it, we think in circles. This is me guys, I am an anxious person, I think in circles, I talk in circles, I think in circles, everything's in circles. I'm just like, okay, so if this doesn't go well, then that's not gonna go well, then the next thing might not go well and then all of a sudden I'm five years down the road and my life is just a pit and I don't know why, but I started digging a hole in my brain and for you younger guys out there, I mean, younger guys and girls, five years down the road seems like a long time. Think five days down the road, okay? You just start to think like that. But God's just saying, would you just bring it to me so that I can have your problems, so that I can take your frustrations, your emotions, your challenges? Now, I will preface this and maybe I should have done it even before I started talking, but as you know, I am not an expert in mental health by any means. I have no education, background in mental health, counseling, therapy, any of those things. But I truly believe that God has given me a specific word and idea around this today. So you don't have to take my advice as gold. And I truly believe that as important as it is to bring your mental health to God, it's also important to take it to um, the proper uh, clinic or doctor or therapist. Therapy is not bad. I'm going to therapy tomorrow morning. Like actually, I'm not joking. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's a great thing. It's a great thing because the Bible says in Proverbs that a wise man seeks out wisdom. A wise person seeks out wisdom, right? You, you have to bring your challenges, your frustrations to God first, and then it, if you're still going through it, if it's still really hard, if you can't figure it out, then you bring it to another person. And it's just kind of nice that there are some people out there that, that know how to work through problems really well, right? It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a youth leader. It could be 
your school counselor. I don't know who it is for you. But there are people like that out there, and I'm no expert, but I do know that God cares about mental health, and he has brought me through some serious mental health struggles, and so because of that, I'm bringing you this word. And the, the first thing that I want to call, that one's turned to God first, but this first thing that we'll call our first point of this message is to get outside. This is going to be practical tonight a little bit. Of course, we're going to lean into God, but did you guys know that getting outside helps your mental health? You probably did, and you just don't want to go outside. You had no idea? Bro, I'm here to tell you tonight that mental health is better when you spend a little bit of time outside. Because here's the thing. Fresh air is outside. There's more oxygen in the air outside. When you breathe in more oxygen, it goes throughout your whole body and improves your mood. Vitamin D is outside. That comes from the sun. Vitamin D helps to improve your emotions and your mood. The sun itself, you know the blue light from our phones? It's a bad blue light. The sun actually puts off a different kind of blue light that helps to wake up our brain in a special way. Actually getting outside, and I know it's real vibe. In your room, you got the shades pulled. All the, everybody's got the LEDs now. They go all the way around their room, right? I know you do. I've seen them. You got the LEDs. You put them on red. That's your favorite color, right? Yeah. And then you just you start sitting behind your screen, and you're gaming. And I know you're going on Fortnite like, oh, shoot, I died first again. Yeah, because you can't win. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bro, Fortnite is not my jam. Sorry. But, right, you're sitting back there, and then, I mean, ask yourself this. Is if, you're, if you're feeling a little bit angsty, a little bit anxious, a little bit depressed, a little bit like, what's going on? Have you been outside? It actually makes a huge difference. Here's a Bible verse for us. Psalm 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Did you guys know that God created everything outside? If you just look outside, all of a sudden you're going to start to see the birds. You're going to start to see the trees, the fish, the deer, the grass. And you go, wow, God's pretty cool. It starts to actually develop a gratitude in us for how great and how big God is. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling in your mental health, when was the last time were you outside just to be outside? just to shoot a basketball, kick a soccer ball. I know that there's a bunch of people in here, guys specifically, that like to go deer hunting. I like to do that too, but when was the last time you went deer hunting and didn't look at your phone the whole sit? I mean, I, I don't know if I actually have ever sat in a deer stand the whole time and not looked at my phone. <laughs> but actually, like, like, are we ever just outside for the sake of being outside, or are we just carrying with us the burdens, the distractions, the things that are messing with our minds already? We talked about brainwashed a few weeks back. If you missed that message, I really encourage you to go back on Spotify and check it out and how I, I think that the enemy has pervaded us and brainwashed us to think a certain way when in reality, we were just meant to be screen-free sometimes. These are great things. I love screens. Don't get me against it. But at times, they really do mess with us, right? So here's the next one. Really practical. Are you ready for it? Drink water. This is practical and spiritual. We've got a fun one from John 4, John chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Jesus answered her. He's talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. 
if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink. So Jesus walks up to this woman and she's sitting by the well and he says, hey, would you give me a drink? And she goes to him like, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. It was kind of like enemies that just didn't ever talk, right? And he goes, this is his response to why are you talking to me? He said, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So if she would have asked Jesus for a drink, then he would have given her living water. So there's two things that go right here. One is drink water for the sake of your mental health. Dehydration does not help your body in any sense. You gotta drink some water. You guys drinking water regularly? Who, who drinks two glasses of water a day? Yeah, how about four? Oh, we're pretty good. Six? Six, I'm talking like six big, full, 12 to 16 ounce glasses. We're doing pretty good. Who's on the gallon a day? My athlete friends are on a gallon a day. Just you? Carson doesn't do a gallon a day. <laughs> All right. Drinking water, does that not make a difference? Do you notice when you don't drink water? Okay, how about this? Do you notice when you don't drink the living water? The living water. The living water that Jesus offered to us. He said, would you drink of the living water? So you've got physical water. Physical water is great. So if you're in your notes on this one, drink water and put physical. So like water, you know, the stuff that comes out of the faucet. And then spiritual, living water from Jesus. We have the Bible right here, right? The bread of life. We eat the Bible by reading it. So you read it. It sustains us then you just gotta read it more often, okay? And then you drink the living water, which is just relationship with Jesus. It's conversation with the Father in prayer. It's the Holy Spirit in your bedroom while you're praying and worshiping, right? So, second point of the mental health is this. Would you drink more water, both spiritual and physical? All right, and then the last one that was kind of the first one is to turn to God first. I had to put it right at the beginning because I said turn to God first, right? But this is where I really want to dig in tonight. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Close your eyes. Ready? Closed. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. With your eyes closed, can you envision a time in your mind that you were brokenhearted? A circumstance, relationship, consequence, I don't know what it was. Your eyes still closed. I don't know who's with you in that moment. Maybe you're by yourself. But envision it this way. What if God was sitting right next to you wherever you were in that moment? Maybe... For some of you, he really was, and maybe for others of you, you were 
feeling pretty empty in that moment, and it would have been really nice to feel like God was sitting right next to you. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You can open your eyes again. Otherwise, you might fall asleep. When was the last time that you turned to God first when you started to feel brokenhearted? When was the last time that your response wasn't social media, that your response wasn't to tell your friends all about it, that your response wasn't to, to read a book or to play video games or whatever it is that you use to distract you. I started to ask myself this question and, and to really ponder and think, and I was like, wow. I remember being a kid and, and not having because when I was a kid, we didn't like have cell phones and stuff, you know? And not having like those things to distract me and sitting on my bed and, and almost feeling a tension. You ever feel the tension of, of knowing what you should do or turning to God first and then at the same time, just kind of mindlessly not? You ever feel that tension? I feel that tension every day. In this season of my life, I've been feeling that tension a lot. When I know that I'm supposed to read my Bible or sit down and, and, and really just spend some time with Jesus, then all of a sudden, it's every distraction, it's everything, it's every moment that is all of a sudden pulling for my attention. It's, it's, my, it's my phone. Oh, I just got to check on this thing that I was working on. I mean, make sure my friend texts me back. Make sure I send a message over to this person. It's like, like there are so many distractions. But what if instead, when we start to feel the brokenheartedness rise up in us, we were just willing to turn to God first? And for some of you tonight, I, I really believe that it, it's a mindset shift in the sense that you have to stop thinking this is, this is how it's always been. This is what I've always done. This is what I've always felt. And shift yourself into a new season, into a new moment, a new opportunity. Because that's what you have in front of you. And whether or not you realize it at the end of every day, the, the opportunity you have the next morning to wake up to your alarm clock or whatever it is, the opportunity you have to turn to God first in that moment it's not determined by whether or not you turn to God first in the last moment. Do you hear me? The opportunity that you have to turn to God first in your next moment is not determined by whether or not you said yes to the opportunity in the last moment. You have to be willing to shift, to do the, the, the head snap. Like, okay, I'm, I'm walking this way. I'm feeling this. I know this. Okay, turn to God. He's close to the brokenhearted, but he also says that we have to choose to be close to him. And I think that that's the part that all too often we miss when it comes to mental health is that we just expect that God is going to just magically take it away when we pray to him one time. 
But I, it has to be a lifestyle decision where we're really walking out and trusting and believing that God has a bigger and a greater purpose for our lives. And instead of continuing on the road of this just is kind of how it is, this is kind of my circumstances, I, I just feel lonely all the time, I just feel depressed really often, I get anxiety badly, and it messes with my mind. No, it's no longer what it was, but instead what we're choosing now. It's like, yes, I, I feel depressed sometimes, but that gives me an opportunity to reach out to God a little bit more. I feel anxious in moments, but I've watched the Holy Spirit calm my heart down. I feel lonely, but then I realize that I had a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I feel lonely, but then I realize that the Holy Spirit's right there, and I, I have youth leaders and a community around me that will support me. All I have to do is reach out. That, that was the eye-opener for me when it came to this idea of having friends and people walking alongside you, is that I always thought that people were going to pursue me because they would just care about me, and they would see that God really cared about me, and that I was worthy of, of attention and pursuing. But then I realized that all those things are true, but I have to reach out. Have you guys ever felt like the kid that doesn't get invited to anything or a little bit lonely or just a little bit like me, maybe? <laughs> that was my kid. I was, I was homeschooled and, and, you know, didn't have a lot of friends, and I would never reach out. I would just be like, why aren't my friends reaching out to me? But then I realized recently, like, maybe I just need to Maybe I just need to be the initiator. Maybe other people are experiencing the same feeling. Maybe I just need to be willing to go like, hey, what's going on? What's up? God is the exact same way. He is right there, ready to be there, chasing you down, standing behind you. It doesn't matter how far away you run into circumstances, sin, or anything else. He is right there, standing behind you, but you have to turn around and face him. You have to turn around and choose him. You have to turn around and be with Jesus. You have to be willing to open your Bible and drink of the living water. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 16 and 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And we got to move you to small group in just a minute, but I want to leave you with this last thing. Lots of things tonight, I know, to think on, but very diverse room that we're talking to, right? Sixth grade all the way to 12th grade, a couple adults in the room. And I want you to grab onto this concept that gratitude leads to happiness. So I saw a study a couple weeks or this week, I saw a study this week, it's about 44% of teens, ages 6 to 12th grade, right, say that for at least a span of two weeks, 14 days, in a row, consecutively, they would say each year they feel unhappy. They don't ever experience any bout of happiness, any joy, anything like that. Like two weeks of winter depression, whatever you want to call it, seasonal depression, Right? I don't think God wants us to experience seasonal depression. I think that he wants to be right there in the midst of that. 
and allow us to be in closer relationship with him when we start to feel those things. But the study, the same study that released that, they asked the other ones that didn't, and what they said is that they turned to gratitude or thankfulness instead of trying to find happiness in circumstances. So if we could think of gratitude as the parent and happiness as the child, that's kind of how it works. You can't have happiness without the parent. You can't have happiness without gratitude. Does that make sense? So next time that we start to feel unhappy, then maybe we just need to look around us. Maybe we just need to get outside and go like, wow, I am so grateful for the trees, for the landscape, for the beauty that's laid out in front of me. I'm so grateful for my friends and my family all around me. I'm so grateful for all of these things. Because the thing that kills happiness is comparison. And comparison looks at everything around you and it says, instead of I'm thankful, it said, I want. I want this thing. I want that thing. I want this thing. I wish that I had that. I wish that I had what they had. Instead, if we would choose gratitude, then maybe we would find happiness. Maybe we would find joy. Maybe we would find that relationship with God. Maybe if we were just grateful for the fact that we were sitting in church tonight, grateful for the heat, grateful for the clothes that we're wearing, grateful for the chairs that we're sitting in, then we would experience a happiness and a joy that only comes from God. So to sum it all up for you all, Three things. Four things, right? We need to get outside. We need to drink some water, both living water and physical water. We need to turn to God first before even those things, right? And then that gratitude really does just lead us towards happiness. When we're willing to look around us and think, Wow, I'm thankful for what I have and I'm not comparing it to what someone else does. So we're gonna turn the rest of our time over to a small group and I just wanna encourage you students to be open and vulnerable and honest with your small groups. Like, where are you at? What are you struggling with? What's going on in your life? Because that community that I was just talking about, you have to reach out. You have to say, hey, this is where I'm at. And when you say that, then maybe someone else has been there or is there or is even just like earlier on in a process than you are and you can help them and they can help you. And all of a sudden, we are actually doing community well. Everyone wants community to go well. Nobody wants to participate in it. So let's be open, honest, and vulnerable. Father God, I thank you so much for just the opportunity to be in this space tonight, the opportunity to worship you, to pursue you, to learn more about you. God, I pray over this, um, this series of talks and just the opportunity that we have to dive into how, how do we work and how do you work within us and how does, how does our mental health and our feelings and our emotions all fit into who we are as Christians and followers of Jesus. God, I pray for a sense of clarity over the room and good conversation throughout the small group time that you would lead and guide each and every student, that you'd create an environment and an atmosphere that people feel safe to be open and honest with each other. We love you, Jesus. Amen.